Hopo Pole to me is a celebration of um, expression. Uh, I say expression as opposed to the literal meaning because it's about how everyone chooses to express themselves in their mahi toi. Inga mana, inga reo, inga kārangaranga maha o te motu, nau mai haramai ki tēnei hōtaka e kia nei ko te ahi kā. Kua tēnei ko Justine Murray. Welcome to this week's Te Ahika here on Radio New Zealand National. In tonight's broadcast, singer Bella Kalolo looks Samoan. She's got a Samoan surname. But at school, she gravitated towards things Māori, like learning waiata and kapahaka. But it wasn't until she was a teenager that she found out that she had Māori blood. It's really cool to be affiliated with with a different culture. Well, not even a different culture. It was something that I grew up with knowing. So it was no surprise when your mum said, look, daughter, yeah. <laughs> we're Ngāti Bora. Yeah, yeah. Well, from that I was like, I was actually really, really happy because it was something that I'd, I'd, I'd actually run to yeah. during my school time. Bella Kalolo joins us later on in the show. It's a case of Matariki Mayhem, that's the Māori New Year's celebrations, happening around Aotearoa. Last week we talked about art exhibitions, and while we're still in the arts, this time we've added theatre to the mix. Award-winning playwright Hone Koka and Tawata Productions kick off their Matariki Development Festival tomorrow for up-and-coming writers. What it does, it gets more people enthused and, they want, and others want to do it. And that's really what it's all about, you know, that you give people confidence and go, oh, um, you know, um, I've, got, I've got an idea and going, okay, so you're going to write something, aren't you? Mm. And I like doing that. So I like that, you know, and then you keep bothering them and going, how's that corridor going with what you're doing? And just um, being open to go, just come and talk or have a cup of tea or something like that and just get them writing. Because our people have a lot to say. Kia ora, playwright Honekoka coming up later on. Māori television show Songs from the Inside has Māori musicians Anika Moore, Macy Rickard, Warren Maxwell and Ruia Aperahama work alongside inmates, learning their stories and helping them share it using lyrics and music. Coming up in the show, we feature some of that music from the album Songs from the Inside. Nā reira kia koutou katoa e huri mai nei ki tēnei hōtaka, koe ranga kaupapa kōrero e hariaki nei. That's the line-up in today's edition of Te Ahika. When it comes to Māori publishing, you can't get past Huia Publishers. And this week they celebrated their 21st birthday with a formal dinner. Huia was set up in 1991 by Robin and Brian Barge and provides a publishing platform for books with a Māori perspective, ranging from history and children's picture books to short story collections. During its 21-year reign, it has helped many a Māori writer to come out of his or her shell via the biannual Pikihuia Māori Writers Awards, which began in 1995. On the day of the Huia 21st birthday celebrations, I spoke to founder and managing director Robin Barge. Kia ora. Kia ora. Morena. Mm, morena. <laughs> so Robin, could we start off please by you um, explaining where you were born, raised, your iwi and your hapu? Yep. 
Um, I was I was born in, I was actually born in Rawene up north Rawene yeah, Hokianga country uh, because I was born there because my parents were teaching up there but I was um, but they moved back to Horohoro which is our um, Whenua Kainga and I so I grew up there in Horohoro uh, I went to school in Rotorua our um, iwi there is Ngāti Kia Ngāti Tuara which is a uh, hapu of Te Arawa and our marae is Kia Roa and um, and Horohoro is a, a fairly typical Māori community in that there is a marae uh, church school uh, and our farm is, and we have a f- um, family farm which is next to there and I grew up there and we still have that farm and I'm still involved in um, the hapū there. Did you always set out to become a, a Māori publisher? Uh, no, it would have been in my wildest dreams. Um, I, uh, when I grew up, <clears throat> I, I read a lot. You know, I was a reader. And I suppose if you'd asked me a dream job, I might, might have thought it was you know, something where I just got paid to read books all day. <laughs> in fact, I remember when I first got my first editing job, I thought, this is amazing. They're paying me to do this. Um, yeah, it, no, I would, yeah, it would have been... Uh, in my wildest dreams. So instead I went to teacher's college and trained to be a teacher in Hamilton and um, did that for a few years and, you know, was involved in various educational things. So it was kind of... But but over the years I read a lot and I was really conscious that the books in New Zealand literature didn't really talk about the people I knew, the places I knew, um, the joys and dilemmas that I knew Māori were facing, you know, over over the time over the time and even currently, and so I thought, you know, we need to do something about that. I had kind of drifted into um, editing and publishing first in the university in Papua New Guinea, actually, and then after that, when we came back to New Zealand, I um, did editing and publishing in the public service in Wellington. So I sort of had those kind of skills, uh, but I was. But I was always, oh, you know, that, I suppose that's what made me become aware that actually there was this huge gap in gap, our literature yeah. that that could be filled, I, I thought, probably naively. <laughs> and um, so I thought I'd try it. So, I mean, was the question in your mind, where are all the Māori books? Did that kind of great about uh, Yeah, well, what annoyed me, yeah, it was just more that the stories weren't there that I knew about, um, you know, like I say, growing up in Rotorua, and especially at Horohoro, in a Māori community, there are no books about those sort of things. There were a few, you know, by Patricia Grace and Witi Humaira at the time, but that was all. Uh, and I just knew that there was a lot of drama in um, our communities that could be in our literature. And so tonight, or today, um, you celebrate the 21st birthday of who your publishers. I'm sitting in your office, mm. and I can, and I'm looking at um, your your bookshelf with um, many books that who has published over the years. The Cooking with Charles Royal, King Putato. When you started, tell us about how you started, and, and we you talked a little bit about um, you've always been Wellington based from the start. Yes. Tinakuri Road was your yeah, little our first tutty. our first office. Um, I probably would have started at home in our you know in right. our home, but 
um, a good friend of mine, Daphne Brazel, who had a publishing business of her own at that time, said to me, no, nah, you've got to start as you mean to continue. You know, you need to get an office, get, you know, get set up as though you're going to continue. Uh, and so I did that. So I got a, a little office in Tinakore Road. Which it was actually an ex-pie factory. So the floors, that's only significant because the floors were slightly sloping. I think they must have used to hose it down. Get <laughs> <laughs> all the flour that used um, to be there. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so anyway, so I did that, and we were there for the first two years. Um, my dad was my first receptionist and administrator. Oh, and how cool. Accounts. Yeah, well, he was the first, and he was the cheapest, actually, <laughs> receptionist <laughs> we had. And, you know, and then, but then it, I quickly had too much work, so I got one person to help and then another person to help. And so, you know, we started growing, so we sort of went from two to four to six to 12 um, and so the company grew and we quickly outgrew the pie factory and had to move here to Pipitea Street. So back in um, Tenakori Road, uh, Robin, how did you start? Did you uh, How did you get the word out there to, did you encourage manuscripts to just slowly come in? Yeah, I did, uh, but it's pretty hard when you start well, with, yeah, with nothing because the first thing they ask is, what, well, what have you published? You think, ah, well, um, <laughs> actually, uh, <laughs> um, but as well, I did at that time, um, to earn money for the business, yes. I did um, contract publishing for government agencies. And so at the time that we started in 1991, Tupuni Kōkiri was also starting. Uh, they were brand they started in the same t- year. And so um, they engaged us to do a lot of their publishing. Um, so we set up the Tupuni Kōkiri logo and then their newsletters and did a whole lot of um, reports for them, annual reports and, you know, Reports on all topics that they were writing about Māori health, uh, Māori language, all right. those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of writing, editing, publishing. And that was good to tap that into that certain mark, I mean, sector, yes. government sector. And then after that, we did more work for other government departments because what we found at that time especially, there were a lot of government departments who were trying to communicate with Māori and they didn't really know how to do that. So so, um, so to start with, I did a lot of that kind of work, providing advice and publishing services. And so over the years, 21 years, uh, currently you have a staff of 20 plus? Yeah, around about 20. About 20 plus, mm. and you're based uh, Papitia Street here in, in, in Wellington. And a couple of things that come to my mind is the introduction of what is now known as the Pikihuia um, Māori Writers Award mm. and um, Te Papa Tupu, which is a mentoring program. Are there any other m- milestones or big achievements that Huia has done over the past 21 years? Yeah. There's a lot to name, isn't there? Yeah, there's lots of things that have happened over the time. Uh, the Pikihuia Awards has certainly been a successful um, development that that we just sort of dreamed up one day of a copy, really, in about 1995 or so. We were thinking, you know, we were thinking, I wonder how many Māori writers are out there, and if there are some out there, how are we going to find them? And we came up with this idea of a short story competition. Uh, and so that started in 1995, and it became the, what is now the Hoya Awards. Um, and so now we run those every second year. Uh, and every other year we run workshops and mentoring screen, schemes and other um, things. I suppose the purpose of those is really to fi- find Māori writers, but also then find the ones who have got potential and provide opportunities for them to develop um, as well and as quickly as we can make it happen. Uh, and that's been pretty successful. So we've had, 
you know, so from that, quite a few writers have become published writers. Yeah. Um, so that ha- that has been a good um, development. And so we've run, we run writer workshops throughout the year, usually about three or four. Uh, we now do some in Māori language as well for Māori language writers. And those workshops are conducted completely in Māori. Um, because I think for writers writing in Māori, there's still a lot of scope to develop, you know, different genre, different ways of of conveying things. We're launching two books. One is called The Huia Histories of Māori. It's edited by Danny Keenan, and it's a collection of um, articles by Māori scholars and academics on just telling different aspects of our history uh, because we felt it was important that the history of Aotearoa is written from a Māori perspective. And so Danny came up with a framework that he thought uh, told the Māori history of Aotearoa. And then and then he we um, got each of these contributors to write articles on that. So that's being launched tonight. It's a beautiful book. And then the other book we're writing, is, uh, we're, pub- we're um, launching tonight, is a book called uh, Ngā Waituhi o Rehua. It's a, it's a science fantasy novel written by Katerina Mataira. And it's just beautiful, uh, beautiful language, great characters, really credible characters, and they go on this um, on this journey into space. And um, children's book, probably. It's really probably for young adults. Okay. It's a long novel. In in te reo? In te reo. Yes, I wouldn't. And and what's great about Katarina's work is that I mean, as I said, beautiful language, but she also was quite confident about tikanga and so she doesn't mind bringing in different aspects of tikanga into something like a science fiction novel and you know exploring those ideas in outer space and I just think it's um, a milestone really for all of us Um, and we're very fortunate to be able to publish it. In recent months books published by Huia have been recognised. Chris Achilles Rahui won the Best Picture Book at the 2012 New Zealand Post Children's Book Awards. And Jackie McRae's book, The Scent of Apples, won a gold medal at this year's Independent Publisher Book Awards in New York. Book awards for us are really uh, important. Um, They're particularly important when you take the books overseas. Like in October this year, we're going to the Frankfurt Book Fair in Germany. And... They're really only interested in books that have won awards, um, right. you know, because what they're looking at is books that they can buy the rights to. And so award-winning books are really important for that reason. I think, too, though, for us, it is a acknowledgement of the work that's being done, uh, not just by us at Huia, but by our writers and illustrators. And it just um, signifies that there is, you know, scope for... Um, for things in Te Reo Māori and, and English say, by so Māori writers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Rahui is, is published in English and Te Reo yes. Māori. And so something that's written in, in another language and an, a, an award-winning book is very much accepted on an international platform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Can't it be. is. Because, you know, when you're in Europe, uh, they books they, they all talk about four or five different languages and having books in other languages is not a big deal to them. Um, you know, so I think being bilingual at least 
let alone being multilingual, would be a good thing for Ma- for New Zealanders. Mm. Uh, you know, we all grew up with a sort of monolingual mindset, and I don't think that's helpful in this in this global age. You know, I like a good book. There's nothing like my fingers turning the page in mm. anticipation. And with the likes of iPads and Kindles yeah. and pageless machines that we that that come with, um, that you can download books via through app stores. I mean, how does Huias forecast the um, the influence of technology? Yeah, te- technology over the 21 years that we've been going, technology has changed hugely, uh, and the way that we produce books has changed. So it's now uh, all electronic and digital, um, and then as well, yeah, into the future we are looking more at delivering on a range of devices um, it's not uh, it's not clear cut there's a lot of different things happening in the digital world but I suppose we've thought we need to be in there and we need to uh, know about these things rather than uh, so we have produced um, e-books um, uh, all our all our books that come out today are, are also produced as e-books uh, but we have also converted a whole lot of our older books to e-books. Uh, we've also produced some Q books, uh, which are heard of those ones. Yeah, they're interactive books, uh, audio. so they're, they're good for picture books like Barnaby Bennett and Oh Hogwash Sweet Pea. We've done where you actually, you, I mean, you have to read them on an iPad or um, or iPhone or some interactive. Yeah, some, it has to be a touchscreen interactive uh, device. But, um, yeah, you can turn the page, it's got the sound, you have people reading the story to you, uh, you know, those sort of things. So it's not fully animated, but um, there is a fair bit of animation in it. Uh, And the kids can interact with it, and they really like that. And those, I think, I don't think for a minute that that technology is going to replace hard books. I was going to ask But I think the two, it's sort of like when DVDs first came out and people were worried it was going to replace the TV or um, the movies. I don't think so. I think they're different experiences and from a, from a hard, there are, there are some books, particularly non-fiction and reference books, where hard copy books, uh, you might look it up on the internet uh, to get some quick facts or get some information, but the you know the hardcore arguments in that are best read in, in paper ba- you know in paper books so i i think these i think that now when we actually think of producing a book we have to think are we going to do a paperback ebook <laughs> you know in all these different formats that we might do it in um there are new books there are new formats coming out too like uh apple has come up with something called ibook which where you could have it a book and actually embed videos and sound and things in them. So there's wow. The world is just um, wide open to things. So that's a good thing to be having our birthday at Matariki, uh, because this is a time of you know rebirth and regrowth and reflection. And so for us, I think it is a great time for us to just you know think about all the things that we've done and think about um, where we're going to into the future. Kia ora, Robin Barge. To find out more information about Huia Publishers and their story, 21 years in the making, head to radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. That's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. Teahika, Radio New Zealand National. From tomorrow until the 30th of June, the Matariki Development Festival run by Tawata Productions 
begins. The festival provides an environment to develop new scripts by Indigenous playwrights, both from Aotearoa and abroad. And joining me now in the Tiahi Kafari is award-winning playwright Hone Koka. Kia ora, Hone. First of all, what's your what's your role? Uh, oh, the dog's body. But <laughs> <laughs> but producer, producer uh, uh, with Media George at Tawata Productions. Kapai, yeah, kia ora, yeah. kia ora. No, my haro my Hone. Oh, kia ora. Kia ora. If kia we can ora. start off, please, by you telling us where you were no here kwe. Oh, by, um, kia ora. Um, my name's Hone Koka. Um, uh, iwi a uh, Ngāti Parau, Ngāti Kahununu, uh, Ngāti Raukawa and uh, uh, Naitahu. Um, but I'm, uh, I was born and bred in Dunedin, so um, I've got oh. the, the mix of both worlds, um, the East Coast, a lot of the East Coast, and, and down South as well. So um, that's my background. Ka pai, kia ora, kia ora, uh, playwrights. Hone Koka now. Um, so tomorrow, uh, June 25th, uh, is the start or the beginning of the Matariki Development Festival. It's the third year that it has been running in Hone. Um, first of all, you know, what, are, what is it all about? The Matariki Development Festival, uh, it came about from uh, myself and uh, playwright director Media George. Uh, Media was invited to have one of her plays uh, developed in uh, Canada, in Toronto, Canada, as part of uh, another indigenous company, uh, Native Earth, in, Ca- in Toronto. Um, they have a festival called Wisagi Chuck, which is Wisagi Chuck is basically their Maui. And so it's the trickster, and wow. um, that's how. The, and so this festival was about developing plays, indigenous voices, and um, we media was one of the first uh, international indigenous voices. And we saw the model of this, and them creating new work, and went, "Oh yeah, oh, I'll have some of that," you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, decided, well, media did. It's it's her brainchild. It's her idea um, to have her own matariki. Well, ha- have her own development festival. And we felt that the matariki was the perfect time for it because um, it's about these new works taking flight. You know, um, new beginnings. Um, it's about the gathering of uh, of people in Kōrero. So um, during the festival, we have panel discussions. Um, and uh, for example, this year we have Māori women playwrights, and we also have uh, Pacific Island uh, practitioners talking about the whakapapa of, of Pacific Island theatre in Wellington over that time. So mm. that's that's the, where it came from, and we basically lifted it and brought it here to right. Kuniki. So, yeah. so they provided the good template, aye, the good model. Aye, totally, yeah. And do they they obviously know about what? Yes, you they do. do. Back? Home. Yeah, they um since we have a strong relationship with Native Earth in Toronto, um what we did is the first year we brought two of their people over. Um and so it was the artistic director at the time, Yvette Nolan, um, and one of their newer writers, Tara Bagan, who is now the artistic director of that company. And so we straight away went this this um festival is gonna have an international leaning to it. The entire time. So every year, it's the third year. Um, the first two years, we've had um, practitioner, First Nation practitioners from Canada, um, and that's really been it's been good for our people because you hear a different voice. Mm-hmm. Although we've got the same issues, we talk about it differently. Um, those sorts of things, and we're building uh, our relationship with our Aboriginal brothers and sisters as well from Australia. One time, seeing the Canadians in watching the workshop of uh, Mitch Taffy Thomas's play Hui, and uh, it's uh, it's very um, robust, shall we say? And um, right. the Canadians um, were so blown away with our actors who just went there because it was a fun though. 
And there was a bit of a raru-raru going on. Okay. And um, the actors just and, and the Canadians came out and went, wow, our actors would have to, tr- to plan for about half a day to get to the same point. So it was just mm. learning things like that, that our instinct is just to jump in there and just do it. Um, and they're a little different. Their writing's different as well, as in it's much, much cooler. Where um, we tend to be quite in your face about things. <laughs> Much cooler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like um, detached, I, I think, is a good way to look at it. Yeah. So that's the international side of it. And um, so it's, it's, it's one part um, of this growing um, uh, little festival that's um, been very successful so yeah. far. Yeah. So it sounds, um, Honey, that uh, you and, and media really encourage and try to nurture oh, yeah, um, yeah. writing. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. It's. Um, building a platform um, and so uh, people can come and feel safe in that environment and um, and just extend and tell the corridor that they want to tell you know it's very it's a Maori um, environment um, and so you, you know just having something a lot of them say having something like that to sit in there that no one goes oh why are you doing this so that you can um, extend and you can develop and you can evolve and and have an opportunity so uh, this year, uh, one of our actors, who's acted in, she was in uh, two that we did for the International Arts mm-hmm. Festival. Um, this is her first time writing. So um, we went, okay, you've got something you want to say. Um, it's very political again, but in the future, uh, it's been fabulous seeing her um, as a new writer get scared and <laughs> and be yeah. fearless and, you, you know, all of those elements. But she feels safe. And, and secure that she's going to be looked after and um, and she's been involved with the festival before so she's seen works go out there and going oh wow that's cool that's really um, it's just exercising another muscle I suppose. and you're talking about yeah. um, Aroha White I, I am yes and her play 2080 so um, yeah that's um, it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over mm. the week so they have a whole week um, working with um, actors and a script advisor and they just kind of, uh, you know, move it around and, and see what it does and, and ensure they're telling the corridor that they want to, you know, the story they want to tell. Um, and then at the end of the week, there are presentations to the public. Is the festival um, closed off to the public and then the last day it opens? Is yeah, that how it's it basically works? how it works is um, the first day on um, June 25th at Circa Theatre. Yep, Circa <laughs> Theatre, Wellington. Yeah, Wellington. Other, um, we have panel discussions, we have a get-together, we have mihi-mihi, we, we share kai, and get the whole rōpū together. And it's this year it's about 40-odd people uh, who are the actual actors and practitioners. And then you have the, you know, the hangers-on after that. So, <laughs> so it kind of evolves quite, it gets about 80 or 90 people. Um, and then we have the panel discussion, which are, are free and open to the public. And what kind of corridor was discussed? Um, this year uh, we are having uh, a panel of Māori women playwrights. That's right. Yeah, featuring um, Riwia Brown, Media George, yes. um, and uh, other newer writers as well. Um, and just really wanting to get to see what our, our wahine are thinking, you know, what they want to write about and, and what's important to them too. Um, so that's on uh, Monday at 6 o'clock, and at 7.30 we've got a panel of um, Pacific Island uh, theatre practitioners around from Wellington just talking about the whakapapa of, of their theatre here in the city. And what it does, it gets more people enthused and, they wa- and others want to do it. And that's really what it's all about, you know, that you give people confidence and go, oh, um, you know, um, Matua, I've got... I've got an idea and going, okay, so you're going to write something, aren't you? Mm. And I like doing that. So I like that 
you know, and then you keep bothering them and going, how's that corridor going with what you're doing? And just um, being open to go, just come and talk or have a cup of tea or something like that and just get them writing. Because our people have a lot to say, as we know, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, it's just one way to get that voice out and, and to, um, to get them articulating what they want to say clearly. Mm. Yeah. So, Honey, to, to, be, to become a, a Māori playwright today, do they have to come with the craft of how to write first? No, not at all. And one of the things that we've done with that is we've introduced um, what's called the monologue season, which is one single actor and one speech. And really the reason that we've done that is that, again, we want to nurture even more people. So we've got four monologues of four writers who have never written before, four people who have never written before, um, and um, they're so excited. And the corridor, again, they've sent in, has been really um, interesting and, and vibrant. And uh, so it's, we, we've, you know, saying even there, just shoulder-tapping someone and going, you have no choice, you're going to do this. <laughs> you know, and, and they How's do. How's that for nurturing? Yeah. <laughs> but I've learned that. I learned that from, you know, my, you know, Auntie Kiri and Uncle Wikuki and people like choice. that going, yeah. hey, nah, you, you come here, you know, you're doing this and going, oh, okay, we'll sit here, we'll be around. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's the learning process that I got when I first came here to Punaki, having them there and realising at times why they were so hard on me and things like yeah, that. and going because they identified yeah, I, something. Yeah, going, right. you got something, okay, mm. and you're going to do it. And um, it's just such a fulfilling, I know media finds the same thing too, seeing people fulfil potential, seeing potential and then people uh, fulfilling it in different ways, and in writing in particular. So we're really, the writer is the centre, and everyone's told that right from day one, you know, going, this doesn't exist until this person here, uh, you know, has done their mahi or um, this doesn't exist. And, and um, the centre of this, the person who has the ball, shall we say, yeah. is the writer. And they can take the ball away. If there's no ball, there's no game. So, That's you know, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just nice that it's totally writer-focused. And everyone else buys into it. They're going, oh, I like this. And I think the actors find it fulfilling because there's such diversity. Um mm -hmm. In the first year we had, I mentioned Mitch's play, Mitch Tafi Thomas. Hui. Uh, yeah, yep. Hui. And uh, Hui this year uh, won the National Playwrights Award. You know, so we're very proud of that. Three years and one of the plays that we helped to, de to develop has won the National Award. Um, and last year, one of my pieces, I, George Nepia. I, George Nepia, yeah, yeah. for the World Cup, um, went on to win the production of the year and just a slew of um, awards as well. So again, we're thinking, okay, we're doing something right. How can we do it better? You know, and that's the next thing. Rather than resting on your laurels, so that's why we've introduced the monologue season. Aye. So the first aye. one started 2010, 10, 11. Yeah. This yeah. year's the third year. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's, growing. It's really growing. Taking off. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, it is. Uh, primarily, it's for that community, but that community is getting bigger again, and it's getting more energy to it in Wellington. Because for a while, Māori theatre uh, and um, the dance scene was quite small in regards to uh, a lot of us had gone over to, to work in film, and myself included. Um, and so that was one of the other reasons going, oh, let's get these, you know, this thing moving again. So then do you attend um, something similar, like you mentioned Canada, who you based the, um, the Matariki Development Festival on, you know, use there, what they were doing in Canada. Um, do you and media travel um, to other, yeah, around the world to do the same thing? Yes, part? we do. We, um, we 
have been really fortunate with our mahi to do that. Mm. Um, again, as I said, we've got a strong, I think in the last uh, 20 months, we've been back to Canada four times. Cool. And that's with shows as well, you know, um, Hawaii, um, the UK. Uh, we haven't been to Australia that often, but it's, it's going to start to happen. You know, um, more of the Australians are looking in this direction. Um, so, yeah, it's, that's another benefit of us as well, going... Partnerships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much, and indigenous partnerships are really big and strong around the world. Um, you know, uh, as we all know, Māori here in Aotearoa, at times it's real tough. At mm. times, it's actually easier to get our mahi offshore than it is to get it's it on here. It's the same with singing, actually. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. to like um, Tony Huata the other yep, day, and yep. when they go overseas, the yeah. French just yeah, wrap love it, it up. They yeah. love us, you know, and go, okay, right, <laughs> well, and you can pay for it, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the things, and and unfortunately, a lot of the time, you have to go offshore, you get that mana, and you come back, and then you know, you go, oh. You're good at this thing, going. Yes, we were good at it before we left. But case to fight, mm. you know. So it's. Do you feel underappreciated? Oh no, not at all. You know, I'm lucky with what I do. You know, I I feel very very fortunate with it. And um, if people, as we're finding, want to be involved, then that's appreciation. That's the way I see it. And um, yeah, uh, you just go. Okay, it's a little tougher doing this. That's not the end of the world. We'll do it this way. Or. Um, for example, one of the reasons that we created too was we want to do something really big, and we want to do something that could front up with the big international shows. And we felt very proud about that, you know, um, that our our people felt good about that too. They went, "Ho, check us out," you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just hearing other practitioners going, "Whoa, we can do that too." Going, "Yeah, n- nothing can stop you doing this." And uh, another example is George Nipier again from the Matariki Development Festival. Yeah, you know, going, World Cup, rugby, oh, I know, Coral George will do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you know, and people just getting smart about it. And that's what the Matariki Development Festival is about too, that going, it's good to develop and create, but who are you talking to and why do you want to talk to these people and what is it that you want to say? Suka Theatre, is that the venue for the Aye. festival? The f- yeah, it's at Suka Theatre from the 25th yep. to the 30th of June. Um, presentations on the 29th and the 30th. It's all at Suka Theatre and it's free. Um, and if you go to the Suka website, um, it's, it's all on there as well. And there's flyers around town. And it's it's also in the uh, uh, the Wellington City Council Matariki booklet. Oh, yes, it's about quite, the events yeah. taking place in and around the city. Mm. Uh, Kei Tuatuki Theatre, um, award-winning playwright, Hone Koka. Thank you so much for joining me, the Fari. Thank you. Kia ora. Kapai, there you go. For all you budding writers, get inspired. To find out more about the Matariki Development Festival and Tawata Productions, we've posted up a few useful links at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. Bella Kalolo. She's a sassy Samoan, but her world made more sense when her mum discovered that she was also Māori. She's a singer and launched out last year with her debut solo album, Without the Paper. Before stepping out into the limelight on her own, Bella provided backup vocals for many bands and solo artists. This year, she was first up at Pau Pau Pau, the annual Māori Music Extravaganza, in a year that just happened to be their 10th anniversary. Last Saturday night, 10 Māori artists came together at Papitia Marae to share their music. 
I was born in Ōtautahi and raised there. Um, and yes, I'm. I my mum is from what well, her family is from Ngātipato, who, as we've found out, and um, so yeah, so that is my the tribe that I'm affiliated with. Have you been through part of? Well, is there a part of your life that um, people didn't even know that you had Māori heritage, or not that you had to justify it, but yeah. just with the name Kalolo, you wouldn't think that you would. I mean, I no. was surprised. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But then I guess you could, um, you could say, like, you wouldn't know if someone who was a Smith was part Māori or something. But because there are heaps of Europeans and 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 Māoris who have, um, <laughs> you say it without saying that. <laughs> That have gotten together. <laughs> so, so in terms of, of, of your Māori side, is it uh, just a journey of discovery for you? Um, I think always we... Um, I completely... I, I loved, you know, the Māori, everything when I was growing up because when my mother was... Um, I think she went to teachers' training college in Christchurch and then she was studying to be a teacher we'd go to these holiday programs, and this was like uh, late 80s. We'd go to these holiday programs, which were kura holiday programs. So we'd be learning te reo and waiata and Māori, and it was, I don't know, we just kind of always had an affinity for all things Māori. And it's funny because it, I feel really comfortable in it. And, um, and then through school, I just kept studying Māori and you know, and then ended up being the the kaya for our kapa haka group. I know Burnside. Te roku waima iri iri. Yeah. <laughs> so you were up there doing the action songs. Yeah, yeah, leading. totally. And I'd you know welcome in, do the poor fiddy, and welcome in the manuhiri and everything. And it was just yeah, it was something that other than being Samoan, it was something that I could also latch onto, even though. You know, in the 80s, I didn't even know that we were part Māori. But it was when my mother was doing professional studies in Te Reo. Yeah. So she, she did, did she, um, how did your mother make that discovery? Did she phone her she, family? And no, she, she talked to people. And she just, because mum knows the whakapapa, uh, like, well, she knew she's passed away since. So, like, I can go to her and go, hey, where's that genealogy you're working on? You know, because she was working on it when she passed. But, you know, digital age, you can keep files on the computer and they can be wiped or whatever, be in the massive cloud, wherever it is, SoundCloud. But, um, yeah, so it's it's really cool to be affiliated with, with a different culture. Well, not even a different culture. It was something that I grew up with knowing. So it was no surprise when your mum said, look, daughter, yeah. <laughs> we're Ngāti Bora. Yeah, yeah. Well, from that I was like... I was actually really, really happy because it was something that I'd, I'd, I'd actually run to yeah. during my school time, like school days and everything. I'd, that's something, you know, if I was going to go and relax, I'd go to the Māori class, you know, and literally just relax. And we had, I had the best teachers. I had the best kayako and they were just so, so awesome and understanding. And, and yeah, I just, I wouldn't be able to... Um, I wouldn't have been able to learn as much as I as much as I have or as much as I did without those those two awesome teachers. So wow. yeah, and it, it was awesome because I went to a um, 
uh, a Fia Fia night, which is like a cultural night for uh, Fitiraya performing arts uh, students. Yeah. And um, just when they were doing the Māori part of the program, I was just like, <laughs> I was actually really, really proud. And I was like, yeah, I really, I, you know, it's something that this is what I did through school and now I'm revisiting it again and it's just really awesome to be able to go yeah I actually really love the culture really yeah so then something like this spella pow 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 which is a gathering of Māori musicians I mean it must be um, another form of that whole whakawhanaungatanga or that whole yeah. get together <clears throat> yeah totally and it's awesome that you know um, Ngāhiwi's actually given us a stage to to be able to be expressive um, in, in each of the genres that we end up you know, taking on in, in, in our musical careers. And also to just get together and totoko each other and know that, you know, if we see each other in the world on the world stage, we can always afi and and totoko and all of that. So it's it's just provided us with a dialogue, you know, a starting off dialogue of, cool, this is Māori contemporary music. Um, what can we do about this? How can we further, you know, music... Aotearoa, music from Aotearoa and put it on the stage. How can we do this? You know? Tell us about your, um, I mean, how, when did you start? So you, you were Kaya for Kapaka, <laughs> and then when did it start to become not only cultural performing but um, really getting into singing? When did that all start for you? Oh gosh, that started ages ago. Did you get to talent quests and stuff like that? And... No, you know, funnily enough, I didn't. It wasn't, I never ever treated it like a competition. Um, and I think that was a good thing that I, that I didn't because I, I don't know. I don't, if you start out in competitions when you're when you're young, I think it just kind of it changes your perspective on on music. I guess you know. I mean, I've only done competitions twice, and just from those two times, I felt like it had altered my my thought pattern. And it being was it too much not about something some, good, right? Something about something else, yeah. As opposed to, that yeah, whole. as opposed to oh, I'm going to win that thing, you know. And it didn't. It, it literally kind of it surpassed that whole thing of let's just share music. You weren't in it to win a t- or to win a trophy or to be awarded a bit of prize money. You were no. in it for something else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the competitions I did was like oh, I actually kind of would really like to do a country and western singing competition. Golden guitar, and gore, No, was that this, that was at this, um, I've forgotten what it was called, it was like this country bar in, in Christchurch. And I just thought, you know, I was like about, I think I was like sixth form or something, and I was like, oh, I'll just go along, see what happens. Then I won and I got like $100 or something like that, and this leather patchy vest that I, hello. Oh but yeah, no, it was, it was, I mean, obviously it looked awesome, but not on me. So, the, yeah, with that, it was kind of like the whole, oh, I wonder what would happen. Then I did it, and I was like, great, I want a beer mug and a 100 bucks and a leather vest. So, Bella, I mean, your, um, if I was to read off um, a list of, um, you know, bands and groups that you've sung with, I'll be here for a good five hours. But, you know, just in your career to date, um, tell us about who you've um provided backing vocals for. I mean, Fat Freddy's comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Holly Smith, uh, Don McGlashan, Dave Dobbin, um, myself in the mirror. No. <laughs> <laughs> Play my own CD and just 
pretend I'm singing BVs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you've gone from p- providing backing vocals and was it officially last year, 2011, that you stepped out as a solo artist? Last year was definitely the full-length um, album. Without so the paper. Yes, without the paper. But, I mean, we'd been doing this for... Well, but at that stage, we'd been doing this for about four years. Yeah. I guess in the original music industry, it's we're pretty new, you know, to it. Has mm. your career taken you around the world? Yeah, definitely. We got booked to play Glastonbury last year, and we did two shows. What was and that like? That's where all people wear gumboots. Yeah, saying. that was Gumbootville. <laughs> that was dirty. Like, it was, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, I'm so not a tenty. <laughs> I'm not a tent. I'm not a tent person, but I will give it a go. And what was that crowd capacity? That was, um, if numbers were a word, it would be friggin' huge. <laughs> wow, there must have been a huge buzz. <laughs> that was really awesome. And um, I, I was in a moon boot and everything because I just, you know, oh. kind of I'd slightly um, broken, well, kind of hairline crack in my ankle. Oh, stain. So that was a yeah. That wasn't very cool. Bella Kalolo, tell us, um, describe to us um, the current New Zealand Aotearoa music scene. Um, definitely thriving at the minute, but obviously not as much on the the airwaves. Radio yeah. play? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, but different on iwi stations because they end up, you know, they total call everyone, and that's really awesome to be able to say, hey, here's our CD, you guys can play it whenever you want to. And, and so with that, it's really good to have that support system. And, I mean, there are other stations around here that, that also do, you know, give us support and stuff. But I'd have to say France is really turning on the um, the support. Wow. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're on 30 stations over there at the minute, which is really awesome. But it's not home. No, it's not home. You know, but they kind of latch on to that sound. I remember Henry Wehemo, he did really well in places like... So in Moana. Yeah, yeah, in Moana, yeah, yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, it's really really awesome that we've got somewhere to travel to next year um, to keep sharing the music, yeah. Ka pai kei tuatuki tēra, bella kalolo. I'm going to let you get to your sound check. Okay, thanks, bye. Kia ora. Now to get hooked into Bella's music, you can check out her album Without the Paper. We've got some useful links about Bella on our webpage, radioNZ.co.nz forward slash teahika. To get in contact with us, to let us know what's up or your feedback, it's easy as. You can email teahika at radioNZ.co.nz or find us on Facebook. Aneira Atoni Huata with this week's Fakatoki. Pāpāpāo to me is a celebration of um, expression. Uh, I say expression as opposed to the literal meaning because it's about how everyone chooses to express themselves in their mahi toi. When it started out, it was you know various uh, mediums of mahi toi, and now it's music. So pāo, 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 pāo is like to you know to really hit you with it. You know, so it's very celebratory. Ita taha o toku koka, nongati kahungunu merongo fakata oku iwi. Ita taha o toku papa, no Lebanon, no uh, Scandinavia, no Irony. So 
Sir Kurakuiwi, Norada, Himihitine, Kiakoto, Fukurongamina, Kitine, Rio Irirangi, Tinakota Katoa. Kia ora, Tony Huata. And I'll catch up with Tony at the launch of her latest album, Hopu Kia. Himihitine, Kinga Kai, Kordido Itine, Wiki, Himihiano, Kinga Kai, Ra, Wiki, Wiki, Mihini, Maitifano, Atiahika, Kia Tato Katoa, Maudi ora.